0: Time for the Thursday
1: free for all on Beyond the, the Airways, The Infinity Project. Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday night here at Beyond the Airways, The Infinity Project, or as I'd like to call it, Friday Eve. Yeah, we're so close to the weekend, it's driving everybody crazy. But anyway. Since it's Thursday, it's time for the Thursday free-for-all. That means we're going to have stories that will make you laugh, think, cry, get upset, fire, rant, rocket, or five. Uh-huh. But anyway, I'm your host for tonight. I am Oddball Stream, and I'm joined on the line by two of my crazy cohorts. First, we have Red Ranger Tim. Good evening to you, sir. Good
0: evening, my
1: dear. And we also have the AZ Magician on the line. Good evening to you, my dear. Hola. How's everybody's evening so far? Good. Excuse me, I'm really tired. I took a shower tonight. You know what that does to me? (laughs) I'm tired, too, (laughs) just without the shower, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, but, boy, have you noticed the aftermath of Michael? Oh, my gosh like Mexico Beach, Florida was practically destroyed. Yeah, that is too bad. Yeah. Tyndall Air Force Base, which is near Pensacola. No, I'm sorry, it's thirty miles east of Panama City, wrong place. But it was practically it was practically destroyed too. It's like I have not seen that kind of damage to an air force base since Homestead with Andrew. Oh my! Yeah. Oh boy, here's a good here's a here's a good pun that might cheer you up a little bit. Hey, Decepticons, why? Or fight
2: Dinobots? Okay, why don't Decepticons fight Dinobots?
1: You'll get Jurassic. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh my! Jurassic. <laughs> Yeah. I should have get your kicked. I should <laughs> like sure. have seen that
2: one coming. I should have seen That's that like one coming.
1: <laughs> All right, well let's see here. Let's see. Uh, Janet posted something with the Mississippi marching band.
2: Oh yeah, that one I just found this morning.
1: Yeah, I actually saw that. I think it was either yesterday or the other day,
2: but you didn't post it, news. did you? No, I yeah. was on the
1: news. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't on the. So I read the whole article. Gotta,
2: that whole skit was totally freaking call,
1: uncalled for. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh let's see. Would anybody like a rant rocket? Which one? Two. Well That's wait a minute. One. Make Where? it
2: the full blown one. Make it the full blown the ex-
1: one. Ah, the yeah. extreme rant rocket. Alright. Make an extreme. In that case, in that case take cover. <laughs> what's going on. Mississippi Marching Band Stages Halftime skit depicting students pointing guns at police. This was posted two days ago. And this is out of Brookhaven, Mississippi. A Mississippi school district has apologized and a high school band director has been suspended after the band staged a halftime skit that depicted police being held at gunpoint. The controversial skit came as the Forest Hill High School Band from Jackson performed Friday during a football game against Brookhaven High School to the South. It shocked me at the game in Brookhaven, where just six days earlier, two police officers were killed in a shootout with a suspect. Bad timing for starters already. I was sad because of what happened last weekend, and it felt like they were making fun of it, Sarah McDonald, a Brookhaven high school student, they with were. TN and CNN affiliate WJTV. Mm hmm.
2: Putting it plain and simple, dud.
1: Blasted they were. Yep. A woman who said she was a graduate of Brookhaven High School found the performance insensitive. I was shocked by the halftime performance just because of everything that our community is going through, the woman told CNN affiliate WLBT. No disrespect to Forest Hill, when they decided to do a performance, they should have took that into consideration that we were already going through a lot at this time. We are still trying to figure out what needs to be done about the situation. The episode outraged people around the state and has drawn criticism from Mississippi's governor who called it unacceptable. Now, this is about the halftime skit. In the skit, a handful of students dressed as doctors and nurses pointed fake AR-15-style rifles at other students dressed as SWAT team members. A school official offered deep and sincere apologies for it. A bit late for that. Jackson Public Schools has a great deal of respect and appreciation for our law enforcement partners, Superintendent Eric L. Green said in a statement. The band's performance does not depict the values and people in our community and was incredibly insensitive to the students, families, law enforcement officials, and the entire Brookhaven community. For this, we sincerely apologize to all, and we pledge to do better in the future. Green said the skit was inspired by John Q, a 2002 movie starring Denzel Washington, in which a father holds staff at a hospital hostage to get a heart transplant for his dying son. He did not explain what the movie has to do with football or the school community. The superintendent said the district had taken some initial actions regarding the skit. You have my commitment that we will investigate it fully and take additional appropriate action with respect to procedures and personnel, Green said. The Forest Forest Hill High School Marching Rance Director, Dimitri Jones, has been placed on administrative leave, WLBT reported. Now, as for the reaction itself... Brookhaven High School has filed a formal complaint with the Mississippi High School Activities Association. CNN reached out to the association for comment and is waiting to hear back. Of course, I don't know if they've heard back at this point. The Brookhaven School District also put out a statement affirming its support for local law enforcement. The halftime show performed by the visiting band during Friday night's game was an unfortunate issue that our district had no prior knowledge of and does not condone, the district said. Our main focus remains, as always, to keep our students and the student athletes Performing on our fields. We appreciate our community support as we continue working to ensure a positive environment of sportsmanship for our student athletes and those visiting Brookhaven. Walter Armstrong, the president of the Mississippi Association of Chiefs of Police, called the skit deplorable, disgusting, and outrageous. It is never okay for students to participate in something that defiles and desecrates a law enforcement officer, Armstrong said in the statement. The adults in charge here should know better. The Facebook page of Forest Hill High School has been flooded with angry comments. Even Mississippi's governor went to Twitter to express his disgust. This is unacceptable in a civilized society, Governor Phil Bryant tweeted. Someone should be held accountable. Now, as for the shooting, there was a shooting back on September 29th. There were two Brookhaven police officers who were killed in a shootout early on September 29th. The officers identified as Corporal Zach Moak, 31, and Patrolman James White, 35, were responding to an early morning call about shots fired when they were attacked. A suspect, Keith Aaron Flowers, 25 of Brookhaven, was wounded in an exchange of gunfire with the officers. Moke had been on the job since 2015 and was recently promoted to corporal, Brookhaven Police Chief Kenneth Collins said. White returned to the department in 2015 after an earlier stint there. These were two awesome people who lost their lives this morning in the line of duty, Collins said. So, uh, Forrest Hill probably should have thought. ...carefully before putting that on there? They should
2: have vetted it first.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: You know, they should have asked for a video of it first.
1: Or at least show it to the principal or something?
2: Yeah. That's what I meant when I said they should have vetted it first. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, let's see. Uh, Let's see. JJ Wattfan posted this one. Um, There's a there's an island in Greece that that lets people ride donkeys. Well, they're going to be banning the fat tourists from doing it.
2: Oh, for the sake of the animals. Now that I don't, I don't blame them. There. I really don't blame them. You know. Because you look at the size Mm -hmm. of the person in the picture. Yeah. And I know donkeys are sturdy and all that. Mm -hmm. But you take a 250, 300-pound person on that donkey's back all day.
1: Yeah. You know, anyway, here's what's going on. Officials in Santorini have now banned fat tourists from riding donkeys. A popular cruise destination is often a watch with tourists with up to 1,200 visitors a day arriving on cruise ships between May and October. Known for its hills and sea paths, donkeys are used in Santorini to help transport people to areas vehicles can't reach. Many tourists opt to go on a donkey ride on the island, but now there is a restriction on how heavy you can be to hitch a ride. According to NineGag, the country's Ministry of Rural Development and Food has published a new set of regulations stating donkeys should not carry any loads heavier than 100 kilograms, around 15 stones in Santorini. Now, I have no idea how much that is in Palance.
2: Hold on. Hey, Cortana. What is the weight for 15 stone? Hey, Cortana. Got it. What is the weight for 15 stone? It's, It's 210.
1: It's 210 pounds. Why
2: are they saying 14 pounds on this?
1: Never mind. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, it adds donkeys should be given a reasonable amount of appropriate food and fresh drinking water, and they should not work long hours with ill-fitting saddles. Earlier this year, a spokesperson for the Help the Santorini Donkeys Charity spoke about the awful conditions the donkeys are forced to work. Now, here's what they said. It's recommended that animals should carry no more than 20% of their own body weight. The obese and ovary tourists, combined with a lack of shade and water, as well as the sheer heat and 568 cobbled steps, is what is causing such a problem. There should be a weight restriction. With donkeys, it should should be no more than 50 kilograms. But how would that be imposed, and who would be there to make sure that happens? Now they're having to resort to use crossbred gills because the donkeys just aren't strong enough. Christina Caludi moved to Santorini 10 years ago and set up the Santorini Animal Welfare Association. She explained that cruise ships are bringing ever more overweight tourists from places like America, Russia, and the UK. According to the mail, Christina said, The holiday season on islands is now a lot longer than it used to be, meaning that the donkeys are pretty much <coughs> around. If you're not transporting tourists, that's oh, the to steps that you're building materials or transporting, you're excused, transporting heavy bags of rubbish. There are some good owners out there that follow the code, but generally donkeys are worked into the ground and then disposed of when their working lives are over. They are made to work in terrible conditions without adequate water, shelter, or rest, and then I find them tied outside my shelter, barely alive. Christina has also spoken about how the new regulations will still allow donkey rides with less harm to the working animals. We don't want to stop the locals from making a living or using donkeys on the steps, but to look after them in a fair and humane way. Hopefully the donkeys will all get the appropriate care they deserve.
2: Well, you know what? Now, I don't know if this would work in Santorini or not, but put them on a schedule. Have them work, say, five hours, mm-hmm. and then off, five hours off, or... Every other day. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I don't see why that would work, but I do agree with. you, yeah.
1: The... yeah, because in all honesty, the Grand Canyon has the donkey rides, right?
2: But they right.
1: got the same weight limit. You can't be over two hundred pounds.
2: Oh, oh, that lets me out going to the bottom of the Grand Canyon on donkey back. Yeah,
1: sorry. Because you're oh, you're well. not quite there yet, but you're getting there. Yeah. What? Because oh. you now, know. Now me, thankfully, I could I could write it, but I feel like you know what? If it's a nice day, I'll do the walk. More fun.
2: You mean you walk down the the Bright Angel
1: Trail down to the bottom? I'm talking about Santorini on the island. Oh, okay. <laughs> not the Grand Canyon. No, I would not walk the whole canyon.
2: <laughs> oh, the donkeys are used to get um, people who want to go down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, they're used to transport the people down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Think that one episode of the Brady Bunch.
1: Yeah. But exactly. I
2: can understand. Yeah. Because look at the look at the size. They're probably no bigger than the donkeys at Oatman. Mhm. When you
1: think about it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um. Here's something interesting. <laughs> I know I have the Krispy Kreme close to my house, right? Well, like right. I said, there is now a Krispy Kreme, and of all places, Dublin, Ireland. Oh really? I think I saw that yeah. article too. Mhm. That's right, Dublin, Ireland. All the leper I have a feeling the leprechauns were trying to help. And there's JJ in the chat room. Hey, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> but holy luck of the Irish! They've got their own Krispy Kreme.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I wonder what kind of exotic flavors they'd come up with.
1: Yeah. All right, well, anyway, uh, Iron gets its first Krispy Kreme, and Dublin can't get enough. Seriously. It looked like closing time at the county fair or the week before Christmas at the mall. Cars just sitting there, bumper to bumper, waiting their turn to inch along. Dozens of vehicles were lined up and down the aisles of the parking lot, honking as if every single driver in front of them was staring at their cell phone while stopped at a green light. It sounded like the traffic jam of the century. But in fact, it was just the Krispy Kreme drive through at 1.30 a.m. in Dublin, Ireland, the first to open in the country. The Dublin location opened September 26th to wide acclaim, especially for its 24-hour drive through At least 300 people were queued up at the door at 7 a.m. that morning, the Irish Times reported, but the lines did not go away. Throughout the night and the week, customers seemed unable to get enough of the donuts. Neighbors complained to the local government and Krispy Kreme executives that the noise from the donut drive-thru had kept them awake for days, they told the Irish Times. After just one week, Krispy Kreme had to shut down Dublin's 24-hour drive-thru. We anticipated a warm welcome for Krispy Kreme in Ireland and have long wanted to open a store here, but the response has been way ahead of our most optimistic expectations, Krispy Kreme in Ireland said in an October 3rd statement on Facebook announcing the overnight shutdown. The donut chaos has perplexed much of, much of Ireland. After all, Irish people had actually seen donuts in Ireland before all hell broke loose about Krispy Kreme's arrival, one Irish woman, Mim Donovan, confirmed on Twitter. This is not like the first time that we have seen donuts, confirmed another Irish person, Carl Kinsella, writing for J O E an online Irish men's lifestyle magazine. But there is a incomparable about a Krispy Kreme in Dublin. One local councilman described what he witnessed as a phenomenon. I was at the opening, and I have to say, I wasn't prepared for the phenomenon that it is, said Liddy, told the Independent. I mean, there are other 24-7 stores in the shopping center, but I'm not sure what it is with donuts. Krispy Kreme has been around in the United States since 1937 and has more than 300 locations nationwide, including one not far from my house. Uh, it's been a called a cult favorite in the past, inspiring pilgrims to pile into the car and drive for hours just to have a couple of... Hot Nows, as Pittsburgh Post Gazette writer Marlene Parrish wrote in two thousand one. Some people love them so much they named their dog after them, as Parrish <laughs> discovered. Seriously. To me you think Krispy crispy... Go ahead. To me,
2: crispy creams are the apple equivalent of donuts.
1: But more tasty. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Anybody who thinks Krispy Kremes are just another donut hasn't tasted them right off the line, a Krispy Kreme superfan told Parrish. In more recent years, people in Billings, Montana, and Chesapeake, Virginia, for example, have also camped outside new Krispy Kreme locations, awaiting that warm, sticky, <coughs> super-fried glazed donut first thing in the morning. But Ireland's reception appeared to be in a league of its own. For some reason, introducing any stimulant like this one into Irish society is like introducing a pack of... A packet of Mentos in a recently shaken up bottle of Diet Coke, Kinsella wrote to Joe. We shake violently, we rupture, we convulse as a people. It's a mess, and it's not how the rest of the world operates. There are 316 Krispy Kremes in the U.S. It's been around for 81 years. It has over 1,000 locations globally. Ireland had one store for one week, and we all freaked out so bad that they had to change its entire business model immediately. Krispy Kreme was responsive. The management tried to erect signs for drivers, asking them to be quiet, and tried to work with the shopping center management to control traffic congestion in the store vicinity. The shop said on Facebook October 2nd, but none of it seemed to be enough. The drive-thru will now remain open until 1130 and will open back up at 6 a.m. And the traffic mitigation plans will continue, the Irish Times reported. As of Friday morning, the Irish Times reported a wait time of 30 minutes for the donuts, with metal barriers set up to control the queue, just like those found at a theme park. Once you're in, you're in. One customer told the newspaper as he waited, there's no going back.
2: Oh. (laughs) And I always thought Dunkin' Donuts were good. Yeah. But remember we went into Krispy Kreams before you found out you had the problems. Yeah. Mm hmm. You know. And and the cool thing we would we would here in the States is they have a viewing window. You could watch them being
1: Being made Exactly Exactly Little kids Oh here Yeah Mm Mhm. Had their roses Yeah Yeah and then remember We had the Yeah we had the eclipse I think it was last year Yeah we had the eclipse Last year And we got to eat A free Eclipse Donut
2: And they were making Them right and left Because there was So many people Waiting in there To get their donuts they're Eclipse right. donuts. Uh-huh. There was a exactly. lineup out the door. Well, mm-hmm. not exactly out the door, but it was kind of packed.
1: Yeah. Okay, now, you've, yeah, let see, you've heard of the show Rick and Morty, right? Oh, oh the yeah. The
2: ones that had the Szechuan fiasco? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, what'd they do now? Well, let's put it this way: there is something funny called the Rick Mobile. All right. Now, it was now this. It was today at Sanctum Comics in Avondale. Tomorrow, it'll be at Quality Comics here in Montgomery. Oh, it was in Avondale. Yeah, no, no, Avondale, Alabama. It's okay. outside of Birmingham. Okay. Okay, I was going to say in Avondale. Yeah. Yeah, but we have an Avondale, Alabama. It's, it's a suburb of Birmingham. Okay, but yes, the Rickmobile is coming to Montgomery tomorrow. <laughs> what exactly is oh the my. Rickmobile? Well, let me see. Let me po- let me uh, let me post it in both chats here. And you'll see what the you'll see what the Rickmobile actually looks like. <laughs> but yeah, let's see. There was a Rick Sanchez costume pickle Rick, the month old baby, and True to Birmingham where people pop up. So the artist.
2: <laughs> oh, now is that
1: Rick or Morty? Uh that's Rick. That's what it's called. That the looks Rick like a demented
2: um doctor doctor from Back to the Future.
1: I think that's what they base him off of. <laughs> oh okay. boy, Listen to this one. The party didn't stop in front of the sanctum. A couple doors down, fans packed in the tropi- tropic Puerto Rican kitchen to sip custom Rick and Morty inspired cocktails. The pickle rick run with a run with a Szechuan pickle juice chaser. <laughs> oh, and the yuck. plumbus and the plumbus punch, a mix of frozen cranberry, guava, and passion fruit juices with cat head honeysuckle vodka. Say <laughs> <laughs> that five times fast. Cat head honeysuckle vodka. Cat head funny funny. <laughs>
2: Oh my! Shit, Shirley! Try take two.
1: Yeah, let's try that again. Let's see, it says cat head oh honeysuckle god. vodka. Hat, cat head, <laughs> cat, <laughs> cat, cat head, honeysuckle, heads, honey-suckle, honey-suckle, <laughs> cat heads, honey-suckle <laughs> vodka. Cat head
2: honeysuckle vodka. Oh god! We're Ugh. nuts. We're nuts. Cat-
1: Yes, we are. We're crazy.
2: (laughs) That's what I like about this show. We can be as crazy as we want, and nobody can stop us.
1: Got that right. Not even you-know-who. The doctor? No, number 45. (laughs) I don't like that guy. To be honest... Well, we can
2: who have a, uh, I know somebody that does.
1: Yeah, I know a few people who do, too. But that's why I usually keep it to myself. Okay, let's see. Oh, yeah. I had posted this back on the 5th. But never did really get around to it. Um... There's like, there's two, there's two women in a store, okay? Yeah, uh-huh. they're talking Spanish. One woman decides to harass them over speaking Spanish. It didn't sit well with a customer, and she decided to do something. Okay. So oh. And don't worry, she didn't go to that extreme. But anyway, this was out of Rifle, Colorado. A Colorado woman was hailed as a good Samaritan after she was seen defending a couple of Spanish speakers at a store where someone caught it all on camera. Camira Trent was grocery shopping last Monday when she heard something that stopped her in her tracks. Another woman was yelling to—I'm sorry, another another woman was telling two Hispanic women to speak English and be American. I mean, I was disgusted. I couldn't believe I was hearing that, Trent said. Then her her instincts kicked in. You leave these women alone. Get out. Go, she can be heard, saying in the video. You harass people. Get out of here now. Do not. I'm calling the cops. Trent said nobody should be treated that way ever. They were scared. They didn't really know how to react to it, she added. They both tried to walk away from her, and she wouldn't let them walk away. Trent didn't know someone was recording the confrontation. The video subsequently went viral. It is absolutely comforting to see people will stand up for other people, said Steve Levine of the Anti-Defamation League. Levine tracks hate crunch with the organization and commended Trent for taking action. We need to make sure people understand Colorado is not a place that stands for hate, but instead we're going to be respecting people, he said. Trent says he has no regrets about intervening. She was just being a hateful person, she said. She uh, said she hopes the video will inspire others to act when they see similar situations. Speak up. Don't sit there and let it happen. It's not okay, she said. Levine... Levin said if you that if you encounter something like this, focus on separating the target of the harassment from the aggressor. The woman who was seen verbally accosting the other woman, Linda Dwyer, was arrested and charged with two counts of bias-motivated harassment. She told the police she's not racist. She just finds Spanish offensive. That's not racist. I don't know what is. Yeah, it's like, what planet are you on, stupid? Yeah, and then here's another hero, too. A pizza driver became a hero. (laughs) So, let me see. All right, so. All right, here is what happened. This was back on October 2nd, but I posted it last Saturday. Out of Waldo, Wisconsin, a Domino's Pizza delivery driver is being hailed as a hero after he alerted police to a kidnapping, likely saving the victim's life. So here's what happened. Joseph Brindle says he was just delivering pizza. Let me start that over. Joseph Brindle says he was just delivering a pizza on Thursday night to a home in Waldo, Wisconsin, when a woman standing behind the man who answered the door signaled him, Signaled for him to get help She pointed to her black eye And then mouthed, help me, Grundle said And then it was maybe 30 seconds later She mouthed, call the police Grundle left the home and called 911 leading to the arrest of 55-year-old Dean Hoffman Hoffman now faces multiple felony charges Including strangulation, kidnapping, and false imprisonment The criminal complaint alleges Hoffman walked into his ex-girlfriend's home On Thursday without knocking She tried to call police And they got into a struggle Hoffman then allegedly punched the victim in the face and forced her into her upstairs bedroom. The complaint says he bound her hands together and feet, hog-tying them together with a power cord from her vacuum. When Hoffman allegedly shoved the towel into the victim's mouth, she thought she might die, according to the complaint. The victim said at one point, Hoffman remarked that he should have brought his gun in from the car so that he could shoot both of them. The officer the next day told me himself, I don't think she would have made it through the night, Grundle said. Grundle said he did what anyone else would do when faced with that situation. So <sighs> You're excused. Yeah, but that guy, but that guy was a hero. He you know he knew exactly yeah. to do. He didn't he didn't try to do anything crazy. He just you know he saw what was going on. Trusted his instincts. Like yay,
2: and not too many people would not get involved with that, you know. Right,
1: right. But the good news is he didn't. He didn't go after the guy himself. He did it exactly right. He called the police when he saw, when he understood what was going on. So, hmm, hmm. Excuse me. All right, now the next story here. This is the one I think this is the one we've all been waiting for. Uh, Stan Lee finally has finally broken his silence about everything he's had to go through for the past what year and a half since his wife died. Yeah, and this is a this is a fairly big article. So yeah, so and this was posted back on Monday. Stanley breaks his silence. Those I trusted betrayed me. Millions missing, elder abuse allegations, the last days of Marvel Wizard Stanley have been mired in controversy. Here Lee, alongside his daughter, speaks out for the first time. This is dumb Mark Ebner at 510 in the morning. Well, he posted at 510 in the morning, so... Alright, anyway, out of Los Angeles. Back in March, the Daily Beast published an eye-opening expose about the last days of Stan Lee, the iconic comic book writer and one of the key architects of Marvel Comics. Months after the passing of Joan, his beloved wife of nearly 70 years, the Vultures had descended on 95-year-old Lee, then battling pneumonia in his estate. There were reports of a forged check for $300,000 to Hands of Respect, a sketchy merchandising company masquerading masquerading as a charity, the mysterious purchase of an $850,000 condo in West Hollywood, a resolved $1 billion lawsuit against Powell Entertainment since dismissed, accusing the company of stealing Lee's name and likeness, the removal of Lee's longtime road manager, Max Anderson, following charges of elder abuse, and reports that Lee had groped and sexually harassed several of his nurses, Lee's camp called it extortion. Strangest of all, perhaps, was the news that Lee's blood had apparently been stolen by an ex-business partner and used to to sign copies of Black Panther comics, which were then hawked at a considerable markup. Okay, that's bizarre. (laughs) Alright. Anyway, Lee subsequently filed suit against Jerry Olivares, a former business associate of his daughter JC's and the co-founder of Hands of Respect. In the lawsuit, Lee accused Olivares of manipulating him and of sending over power of attorney following his wife's death, of pushing through the $300,000 payment to the aforementioned sham charity, of buying the WeHo condo, the West Hollywood condo, and of masterminding the blood stealing plot. On top of that, Lee, with his daughter JC, was granted an elderly abuse of against former manager Kayla Morgan, a friend of JC's who was accused of making bogus number one calls on Lee's behalf and preventing family and friends from seeing him in July. Complicating matters further was a lengthy piece in The Hollywood Reporter alleging that Lee's 67-year-old daughter, J.C., birth name Joan Celia, was a prodigious shopper with an ill-tempered personality who was not only bleeding his estate dry, spending tens of thousands of dollars a month, but also verbally and physically abused her father and late mother. THRP cited former nurses who claimed that J.C. often placed insulting phone calls to her father and Brad Herman, Lee's former business manager told the publication that he once witnessed the following incident In a rage, J.C. took hold of Lee's neck slamming his head against the wheelchair's wooden backing Joni, Lee's wife suffered large bruises on her arm and burst blood vessels on her legs Lee had a contusion on the rear of her skull J.C. of course is denying this Interview Shank, the attorney for J.C. and the son of George Shank, executive producer of the CBS series NCIS. Shank is concerned about the negative press alleging elder abuse of the comic book icon at the hands of his client, so he's invited the writer to these $25 million area nestled in between the Winklevoss twins and Dr. Dre on the Bird streets, high above the Sunset Strip, for a friendly sit-down to set the record straight. Here at what you could what could well be Stanley's last summit, there are only father and daughter, a lawyer, and a no-nonsense armed security guard named Kane, the ubiquitous uniformed nurse, and a tattooed neo hippie whose purpose remains hidden and whose stand affectionately calls hairspray. Long gone are the wolves I encountered last month. The, the writer, I mean, ex-con Max MacAnderson, Anderson, described by filmmaker and Lee superfan Kevin Smith as his Jarvis slash Alfred, has been exiled. Get his <laughs> own and for a reminder, Jerry Olivares is made off with the condominium and the allegedly ill-obtained three hundred thousand dollars that he maintains was a gift. And if you take a look at a picture of Stanley, he does not look very good. I know that's kind of sad.
2: Hmm? You know, because here he is an icon in the in the um, Marvel universe. He's an icon, and they're treating him like yep. shit.
1: Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, Lee's legacy has long been solidified. In his time as the president and chairman of Marvel Comics in the early to mid-1960s, he co-created superheroes including Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, Black Panther, Iron Man, the X-Men, and the Avengers. He created Black Panther? Well, he was a co-creator. Anyway, they are characters which now dominate pop culture and headline multi-billion dollar film franchises. The Marvel Cinematic Universe alone has grossed nearly $18 billion, that's with a B, dollars, globally with, while turning Lee creations and Lee himself into household names. The comics legend, who pocketed $10 million in Marvel's $4 billion sale to Disney in 2010, and cameos in almost every Marvel blockbuster, is estimated to be worth between 50 and $70 million. He is an icon, as revered among comic book geeks as the fictional crusaders he helped invent. It was also a regular, reliably charismatic fixture of the convention circuit until the alpha munch bout of pneumonia that sidelined him earlier this year. Today, Lee's hearing is almost shot, his breathing labored, and his voice frequently fails him. He'd rather be reclining in his comfy chair, gazing out across his swimming pool at the canyon view, reminiscing about times with his beloved late, beloved late wife, Joan. But before I can sit with Lee, Shank pulls me into the parlor to try to set the tone for the story he and J.C. want to see. The closest thing that I can say is that they have a Kennedy-esque relationship. They yell at each other sometimes, but she is the love of his life, and she has gotten a bad rap because there's four guys, Max Anderson, Daryl and Morgan and Brad Herman. All of them have been kicked out because she is essentially the only one forcing the bad guys away from him, Shank tells me. She is the Avenger. She is the person who protects that man. She would jump across the table and stab someone if, you, if someone came after him. That's the gist of it. He's not in great shape. You have to speak loud. Don't ask him about specific finances. Everyone in the room is manic, save for the writer and Lee. With Shank frankly, stage-managing Lee and his daughter throughout our conversation, feels though I'm featuring in one of the many hostile style videos that Lee ha- that have been leaked by the media by bad actors with worse agendas, one of which features Lee being coached by Morgan offscreen, alleging that Shank was manipulating J.C. and supplying her with drugs. If it weren't for the narcotics mellowing him, I'd like to believe that Lee would immediately eject himself from his recliner and demand a handler-free con- conservatorship. There are five phones recording video of and audio of our chat, and JC spends half the interview like a puppet master, inches from her father's weary visage. With that in mind, I'm introduced all around with the aid of a voice amplifier. We begin our chat. Now, um, I'll let you read the chat at your own convenience because this thing was a long time to go through. Fair enough? Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, because this thing, this thing is like a whole big interview. It's like, it's better to just let you read it at your own convenience. Yeah, but that's sad.
2: He's an icon. Yep. He's a freaking
1: icon. Yeah. I feel sorry. Yeah, I'm just sorry the fact that he's had to go through all this mess. Really? yeah 'cause I was going i I'll, I'll admit I was surprised he was wanted to be at dragon con last year despite the fact his wife had just died, but when I met him, he was in pretty good spirits. well you want to know something
2: maybe just maybe going to Dragon con last year is his way of coping with his wife's loss, yeah
1: coping with the you know coping with the grief you know. Yeah. But for all we know but for all we know the um those vultures may have done. You know, all the vultures
2: those, could have
1: Yeah, all those vultures just started taking advantage of Because
2: 'Cause they're probably thinking he didn't have all of his faculties.
1: Oh, I think he's still got a sharp wit. He's, I think still got a pretty sharp wit, so you know that's always a good thing. You
2: know what? George A. Romero was probably the same way, you know. Nice. hmm
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I have a pretty good idea when the day comes, and he passes on, the world will stop and mourn his passing.
2: Yeah. He's Yeah, we'll hear about it.
1: Mhm. Yeah, we will. But you know, he's he's lived a good life.
2: Yeah. And he made a name for himself. He's made a legacy. F- mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. He's made a he's made a legacy for himself.
1: Yep Let's see Okay, here's an interesting question Your wedding is being planned by the cast of the last show you watched Who's planning your wedding? Let's see Okay I think mine would be the doctor <laughs> Okay, the last I can't
2: remember the name of the last show I watched Because it was Carnival Eats but the last show okay. that I remember watching is
1: Joe Kenda. Ah. So he and Carl Marino would plan your wedding. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, have you seen the commercial for the the contest where um, if you win the contest, you get to meet Joe Kenda? Yeah. Well, so there's a guy standing next to him, and he says, trust me, that's the only way you'll want to meet Kenda. And Kenda mm-hmm. just looks over and gives him his world famous eye roll. Ah, uh, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Let me see. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, Ryan Coogler was the director of the first Black Panther movie, and now I'm happy to say he's going to be the director of the sequel. And this was literally posted today on The Hollywood Reporter. (laughs) I'll put that over here. And I'll go put this over here as well. So, good. All right, so, yeah, this was posted today. The filmmaker behind the $1.3 billion hit is expected to begin pending the follow-up next year, say sources. Ryan Coogler is going back to Wakanda. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that the filmmaker behind Marvel's landmark Black Panther has quietly closed a deal to write a sequel. While the moon was expected, Marvel wanted to keep the creative team as intact as possible, and a sequel was never in any real doubt. The timing was always unclear. Black Panther, centering on T'Challa, the king of a fictional African country, was an outsized success, both commercially and critically. The pick, which starred Chadwick Boseman as a titular hero, rose $700 million domestically and more than $1.3 billion worldwide, and is also considered a contender for Oscar consideration. The movie became a defining cultural moment and touchstone, especially for the Black community. In the weeks prior and after the film's February release, both Marvel and Coogler's camp were hounded about when a sequel deal would be inked. Typically, a filmmaker is more than willing to quickly sign on for a follow-up, and a studio is eager to snap up a key piece of the talent in the lead-up to Or right after a successful opening, but Kugler's camp shook off the peer pressure and took its time in making a deal, which occurred under the radar some time ago. <coughs> some sources say the at this stage is for Kugler to write the script next year, with an eye to start production in either late night, eight, either late 2019 or early 2020. Marvel and parent company Disney, however, have not made any official announcements about Marvel's slated movies beyond the release of the next Avengers pick in May 2019 and Spider-Man Far From Home in July, and plans can shift. Coogler right now is developing the drama Wrong Answer with his frequent collaborator and Blank Panther star Michael B. Jordan. He is also executive producing LeBron James' Space Jam sequel, Yes There Is, and acts in the same capacity on the upcoming Creed 2. Okay. So knit one, pearl two. Knit one pearl two. <laughs> Let's see. Find something that Let's see. Here we go. Uh, find your young adult book title. Okay. Janet, your birthday was yesterday, so your title would be French Kissing Liberty, Other Impossible, other impossible Ordeals.
2: <laughs> kissing Liberty and Other Impossible Ordeals? Oh, yeah. my.
1: Oh uh, let's see. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot something. It's cake. Yeah, here we go. Cake. And, oh, I'm sorry. It's French kiss. Let's see. Hold on. Let me start that over. French kissing, liberty. Yeah, French kissing, liberty, and other impossible ordeals. Let's see. Tim, yours would be cake, Frida Kahlo, And other reasons I have to leave the country. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Let's see. Mine would be Popularity, Frida Kahlo, and Other Loose Ends. (laughs) You have a more interesting title.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Let's see. Oh, listen to this. Alabama and Auburn don't agree on much, but we both but we're both certain we ain't in Mississippi. <laughs> Let's see. Oh boy, listen to this. No one understands it. Everyone fears it. It might be inside of you right now. The gluten. From the producers of lactose intolerance. <laughs> Oh, that's bad. Let's see. But yeah, let's see. Well, yeah, all the all the damage, all the damage from that hurricane. Believe it or not, it's still causing trouble. It is still causing trouble in the Carolinas right now. Actually, it's more oh, North Carolina God. and like North Carolina and Virginia, but the good news is Michael is going to be moving out to sea by tomorrow morning. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Um Michael has a chance to get all the way across the Atlantic and cause trouble as far away as Spain and France. <laughs> I kid you not. It'll be Spain and France. Ooh. I'll listen to this one. Um, In Australia, there was a crazy storm in Kingaroy in Queensland. And what happened was a woman was pelted by large hail. But there was a reason why she was. She was protecting her baby. Good for her. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, you know, trying to protect the, trying to protect the, um, little one from getting hurt. Because, you know, that kind of hail hits the baby, the baby's probably gonna be dead.
2: Well, good for her, you know, she cared about her baby.
0: Mm hmm. Uh.
1: Uh. (laughs) Let's see. Bear with me, there's not a lot of other news. Yeah. Well, maybe this is kind of well. This is kind of news here. Yes, the hurricane came and passed, and it turns out Panama City is only like 177 miles south southeast of me. So,
2: how about Pensacola? I, mean, so,
1: uh, I think it's about the same distance, but. I mean, just pray for everybody there. And, you know, I didn't even know about this till yesterday. Uh, Tyndall Air Force Base is about 30 miles east of Panama City. They evacuated everyone up to Maxwell Air Force Base here in Montgomery. So. So hopefully, you know, if they if they are able to go home, because let's face it, they're probably not going to have a home to go home to. Oh, my gosh! I've got to share this picture, <laughs> and I'm gonna warn you this could make you laugh seriously. <laughs> Just trust me, okay, <laughs> oh my! <laughs> That's right. Say hello to Jason Momoana.
0: <laughs> oh, my.
2: <laughs> Momoana, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Okay. Yep.
1: Nice message, with Jason Momoa that and originally? Moana. Uh, Game of Laughs.
2: Tell Thursday. I, like, I, like I want her to know uh, it was me. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, the live-action Disney's Aladdin comes out in theaters May 2019. And the and I'll tell you this: the first poster of this thing actually has pays homage to the original animated one, complete with a lamp. Uh. Yeah, yeah,
2: but nothing can top Robin Williams' depiction of the genie. Nothing mm-hmm. will be able to top that.
1: No. Oh, yeah. One more. Oh, yeah. Got time for oh, one more, more. thing. Um, I Janet got one for toy. you on yeah. the
2: unknown punster
1: when you're through. Okay, go ahead. No,
2: go ahead, Janet. Do it. I'm a social vegan. And it says, vegans think butchers are disgusting. But people selling fruits and vegetables are grosser. Hmm. G
1: R O C E R. Oh. oh Alright. Okay, got time for one more. And this one's a shocker. Uh you know when Jim Cantori shows up, it's a trouble, right? Because remember that you probably saw that the one of the sheriffs. One of the sheriff's departments down there said, "Don't worry, it's not a real trespass. We like him just not in this manner. <laughs> well, what would happen if um what would happen if Jim gets Jim Cantory got impaled because it almost happened All right, so anyway, um uh, oh I, yeah, I saw a uh, terrifying video." Shows Weather Channel's meteorologist Jim Cantore Comes dangerously close to being impaled by storm debris On live television Cantore, who is known for being up close and personal With dangerous storms, was in Panama City Beach, Florida Reporting live when a 2 by 4 Flies toward him He was able to dodge the debris and run off camera But the moment was added to his long list of close calls During storm coverage Uh, You can watch the video for yourself at least two people died on Wednesday when Hurricane Michael smashed into before the panhandle as a Category 4 storm, then cut a path of destruction into Georgia, remaining a hurricane until early Thursday. Now a tropical storm, Michael moves through Georgia into South Carolina. Actually, by now it's almost out of the country. Uh, it's effects are steam far and wide across the southern United States. So it's like, oh, brother. Let's see. Whoa, there it is. There's the... There's the forest, like, yeah, I'm getting out of here. I don't
2: know if he saw it first or his cameraman warned him.
1: Yeah, because there was no sound, but it's like, that's enough to scare the hell out of me. hmm Me too. So. hmm That's scary. That is scary, though. Uh, it's been a
2: while since I've seen something that scary since... Mike Bettis was was injured in that rollover of his storm chaser truck
1: in the tornado. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, this is adorable. What is it? It's a picture of a pup <laughs> puppy serenading their owners. Dogs. Ah. It's not an article. It's just something cute.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Busking. Yep. <laughs> but anyway,
1: let's see. They still the people's You know, I'll tell you something. Um. What is it? I can't remember what night it was, but when they had the American Music Awards, Taylor Swift, she won a lot of awards. Unfortunately, she decided to turn her, turn her uh, acceptance speech into do something political. It's like, that's part of the reason why I quit watching these award shows in the first place. Because, you know, I feel like, just accept the award, say thank you, and go, Okay. As it really does get annoying as hell. <sighs> me, Oh, sorry. All right, well, we're almost out of time. Yeah, we've got two minutes and 30 seconds left. And I'll tell you this right now. Tomorrow night, of course, I'll be reviewing Doctor Who, Flash, and Black Lightning. And then after that, we'll be doing Naughty Madlers. I can take care of the three of those shows in probably under five minutes because I can do like three, four sentences for each show, and that's it. <laughs> I'm getting oh, really good at that. Dr. Falls to Earth makes new friends. Yep. Dr. to Earth, she made new friends. Got to meet with him, got to go against an alien who basically collects teeth after he kills the victim. <laughs>
2: That reminds me of the end of an episode of the X-Files I was watching this morning. Scully gets Mm. gets abducted by this guy, Mm -hmm. and Mulder finds her in an old beat-up motorhome, and he looks through the window, and he sees the keys in the ignition. The keychain had a
1: human tooth with a smiley face on it, so Mulder knew who he was after. All right, well, anyway, we got the 90-second signal, so uh, just a quick reminder, we're going to have fun tomorrow night. Last show of the week, no problem. (laughs) So, anyway, we'll have a bunch of remember please follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is BTA underscore TIP, and you can follow us at our website, beyondtheairways.weebly.com. If you ever miss an episode, there are three ways you can catch up. First, there's the Stitcher.com app, which is available on iTunes, Google Play, and the Amazon Kindle Store. Second, you can listen to or download full episodes of the show from logtalkradio.com. And finally, on Just do a search of the podcast be on the airways, and you will find many of our episodes there. So, with that in mind, I am going to say love pieces of chicken grease. Everybody have a great night. Sleep well. Stay safe. Uh, for those of you in the affected areas by Michael, we're praying for you to get a, into good recovery. And we will see you tomorrow night for the All Out Review and Mad Live Show. John! John, everybody! All right, that is all for tonight. Have a great night, and remember this.
0: You m- I almost had him. I had him, I almost had him. <laughs> you stuttering prick, you. Shut up! And of course, and then- I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am!
1: All right, have a great night, everybody. See you tomorrow. Night, y'all.